Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, brought to you by the Registered Master Builders, where we're all about building better businesses. Each week, we explore the ideas and practices that help us get the best from our businesses, our teams, and ourselves. I'm your host, Ryan Castle, along with Dr. Mike Ashby. We talk to experts, advocates, and business owners in the construction industry to share their knowledge, insights, and experiences to help you build a better business and enjoy a better life. In addition to the podcast, the Registered Master Builders Elevate is also an online learning platform hosting courses, programs, and content that help construction business owners and their staff to build a better business. Now let the business building begin. I am joined, of course, by my uh, trusty friend and business partner here. Mike, welcome along. Trusty Dusty. Trusty Dusty. Uh, let's not explore why you refer to as Dusty. No, yeah, no, no. yeah, old and crusty. Just age. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not go any further with that. Okay. I've got a little topic I'd like us to talk about today, which we uh, seem to be quite good at doing on these mm-hmm. these podcasts. Mm-hmm. And really, it's the uh, here's a question I ask a lot of the uh, members that we work with: What's your greatest asset? Our what people. Are... Correct. Yes. Well, kind of correct. Yeah. Because uh, that is most common response is our people. And we are actually in this episode going to be talking about a framework for working with people. Mm. But what's the real answer to our greatest assets? Actually, property. <laughs> I, can, I was just thinking of a business and I think, you know, they, have, they, they do such a poor job with their people. They do such a poor job with their customers that actually their greatest asset, quite, quite genuinely, is, is the fact that they own the property. So that's an exception. It is. It is. We could take this down a whole McDonald's, oh, Ray Croft kind of oh. business model scenario. Don't yeah. worry about selling hamburgers, own the property. But that is not our focus that is for this podcast. We should be, and that business would be a whole lot better, and even its property would be more valuable if they took care of their people. Yes. Because the business would be a whole lot more valuable. They would pay a whole lot more rent. It's just, you know, it's just all good. But it, it is, um, yes, that was a slightly facetious answer. Slightly, even dare I say it, mischievous. Yeah. Uh, back to the point. Well, yeah, and back to back to the point, uh, and let's diverge for just a moment first before we come Again. back to the people. Okay. Uh, and if you're struggling to follow us, don't worry; it all makes sense in the end. It's thinking. Well, we talk to our members about actually your greatest assets are what you own personally, and that's your time, yeah, energy, yeah. and attention. Yeah, yeah. So where you place your time, what you give your energy and what you give your attention to, because most things in life are actually skills that can be learned. Totally. totally. And it's what you apply your uh, time, energy and attention to, which creates the real results for you. Mm. Mm. But if we were to say in this podcast, we're going to give our time, energy and attention to people. Yeah. Here's how we'd think about it. Here's how we'd think about it. And it's a a great, uh, um, you know, Truly, people are what make a difference in our organisations, regardless of scale. Well, you know, an organisation is just a bunch of people doing processes. That's mm-hmm. all it is. So your organisation is nothing but people and processes. Yeah. Were we trying to make them feel excited and sexy about their businesses? People and processes? That's it. That sounded That's like it. an engineer's definition. I know, I know, but, you know, kind of bring it right down. So get That's good so people true. and do their processes right. Absolutely. You've got a great organisation. It's yep. really that simple, isn't it? It is, it is. And so often where uh, organisations struggle with getting their strategy executed, where they're trying to trying to head, is that their people and the processes yeah. are, are not yeah. aligned yeah. Uh, yeah. and in, um, empowered to do that, For I sure. think. Uh, And look, I think we need to acknowledge how uh, much the work environment has changed. Mm -hmm. I know when uh, 
I got my first job. I was with uh, Yates, the garden seed oh, yeah, seed right. company, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and uh, look, I, I had some amazing uh, learning there, and uh, transferred from New Zealand to Australia, and had quite mm. the start mm. to my career. Mm. Uh, but I remember the conversation with my dad when I'd been at Yates for about mm, three years, and I told him that I was going to leave and work somewhere else, mm. and he was horrified. Mm. And he's like, "Well, you know, did they fire you?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, they haven't fired me. It's all, yeah, it's yeah. all good." It was like, "Well, why are you leaving?" Yeah. And I think it's that. Um, in days gone by, the scenario was you joined an organization. For sure. Sometimes you worked for them for 40, 50, 60 years, and unless they fired you, yeah, you, yeah. you stuck That's around. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think times have changed significantly around that and trying to think about now what is it that people are looking for in the organizations that they, they join. Oh, totally. It's, totally. It's changed a lot. Yeah. yeah, I was reflecting on this myself, and I was going to make some some comment about how my first job was cleaning, cleaning steam engines, but you know, <laughs> but it, it probably in my, in my working life, going right back if I'd started work when I should have instead of whiling my, way, my days at university, um, that is a major change. And it was really with the restructuring of the 80s that companies changed, they changed. You know, that for the first time there were mass layoffs and mass changes which, which just threw people off the boat left, right and centre. Now, you know, I think about millennials, um, and I think that most of what's written about millennials actually applies to pretty much any generation. I'm really skeptical about generational comments. Yes. However, I, I have seen evidence, I do believe that uh, the most ambitious millennials, and that's different from a whole bunch yes. of the other ones at the other yes. end, but the most ambitious millennials who we all want to employ because they're really smart and super switched on, mm -hmm. Uh, their question of, of you as an employer is, what are you going to give me? In particular, how am I going to develop while I'm here? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of these people, they will, they will follow managers. They will follow the managers who will teach them stuff mm -hmm. where they will learn stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and when they've learned, when they're all learned up, next one, yeah. next opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, we've got to think about the kind of organization that you know, our employer brand and how attractive that is to the highly talented people that we want in our organization. Mm. And I think the other thing that comes through very strongly with you know anyone joining your organization, but yes, we see it in the millennial research a lot as well, is how connected do I feel to what your organization oh, yeah. is doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yes, how will you help me grow and develop, but I'm really interested in that. Totally. Uh, money is often a fourth or fifth kind of priority, and it's what we call a hygiene factor, where they're going, mm. hey, look, I, I I want to be remunerated in line with my, my value, yeah. but it's not my driver here. Yeah, it's not my yeah. key driver, at least. Well, they're really conscious of the value they bring, and they're really conscious of the value they expect to get. Mm. And, they, and that connection piece, yeah, I, I think that's the, exactly the word. You know, How do I connect to the organization in terms of its purpose, what it's trying to do, its values, its culture, what sort of place is this that I'm going to be spending my working time at? Because my working time is precious. And it's mm -hmm. good attitude, and it mm -hmm. and it's kind of, you know, it holds employers mm -hmm. to a higher standard of accountability. Mm -hmm. They should be providing that kind of environment. Yeah. 
And with this in mind, I've come up with a little model that I call the five Olympic rings of people. Uh, it, it started for me when I was interviewing for, for roles here at the Breakthrough mm -hmm. and just thinking about of a, a framework that I could have in mind when I was talking to uh, potential candidates that were coming through and looking to join the Breakthrough that would help me uh, centre around the things that I think were important, yep. um, but not have me go, uh, right, here's the 50 questions I'm going to ask you in order. Yeah. So it was kind of that, that framework. Why the Olympic rings are oh, partly because I had uh, five sports nut. Yeah, sports nut. <laughs> uh, I think Olympics, you know, it says high performance. Yeah. It says we want high achievers, uh, people that win, win in the world. So mm. it was, it was that. And uh, I was trying to think of a model that had five things in it. It was like, oh, the Olympic rings has five. Let's Perfect. run with that. So here's the model. It has three C's and two R's. Mm -hmm. Three C's and two so R's. Credence clearly so, order revival twice. Uh, something like that. <laughs> so think about a uh, picture of the Olympic rings and look, we'll, we'll put a um, downloadable on the podcast link so you can access this. Uh, but the first one is around Korea. The first C is Korea. And whenever I think about these, I'm always thinking about what's our perspective as, a, as an employer and then what's the perspective of someone that might be joining our, our organization. So mm -hmm. when we think about Korea, where would I like their career to develop while they're here? And let's gain some insight as to if you join our organization, how do we fit into your career mm. path and what mm. you're trying to achieve? Mm. Let's make sure those things are, are aligned. Mm. Now, let's not get confused that uh, we have to plan the person's career and we expect them to be here for mm. you know, 50 years. Very, very unlikely to happen. Uh, what do they say now? Most people will have something like seven plus mm. um, very, very different mm. uh, job roles in their, in their career. Yeah. Uh, and then the number of organizations seems to be uh, changing frequently oh, as well. Actually, even, in, even at uh, my advanced stage, in the, you know, I've had a number of careers, not just jobs, but yes, careers. Yeah, so yeah, we expect that to multiply. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one, talk about uh, career alignment. Where do you see the person going and, and where do you see um, them where do they see themselves going in their career? Uh, the second C we talk about is culture and values. Mm, right. And uh, we've recently been looking at a lot of research around how you create or, or help to uh, shape. Shape, that's a, a great high-performance culture. A yep. high-performance culture, yep. great word, shape a high-performance yep. culture. Because you don't create it, you do shape it. And the alignment of culture and values is so, mm. so important. Mm, um, mm. I was at a uh, event a couple of weeks ago where Mariana Lowry of a New Zealand software company called One Center, uh, she talked about her lessons in hiring people. Oh yeah. And her number one lesson was hire based on values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a famous story about Jack Welch who said that you know GE was obviously a very successful company under his watch. It really took off when they started not just to hire people on values, but fire them as well. Yes. So if people didn't share the values, if people's behavior didn't reflect the values, they went. And what's more, there was no kind of nice stuff about, uh, uh, you know, kind of left to pursue uh, personal interests. It was, didn't share the values, making it really clear, this is the kind of organization we are. This is our culture. I mean, I've been thinking so much about culture for, for a very long time, trying to get to the heart of what that high-performance mm -hmm. culture looks like. And it's absolutely fundamentally based on, their val on values, but it's in action, not in words. So many of the values uh, exercises that people do are about words. Mm -hmm. Culture is modelled, not made. Yes. So culture, it is will in action, 
It's not words on paper. It's not words on screen. It's mm. what you do. That's what shapes the culture. And it's, it's the identity of the organization, and it exists at the lowest level of the org chart. That's where the culture sits. And at each point, that culture is mediated by managers. Yes. Whether you've got 10 layers or two, that culture is being transmitted, intermediated from whatever you think you've got at the kind of director table or the MD mm -hmm. table, mm -hmm. through to the person on the shop floor, mm -hmm. that is going through managers. And, and they are either, as a, you know, as a thing I'm working on at the moment, they are either amplifiers or mute buttons mm -hmm. for the culture. Yes. So those values, understanding what they are and the kind of culture you want and the behaviours that have to go with that, yeah. it's, it's, it's a big job. It can be done, but building a high-performance culture is a big job. It's a big job, but the one that you get the most return on your investment Correct. from, because it truly is the thing that unlocks your potential in an organisation. It's the only sustainable competitive advantage, because a high-performance culture enables you to adapt your strategy on the go. Yes. Because you've got people in, on the shop floor who are saying, you know what, this is not working. This is, it's not just this process, but this is what the customer seems to be wanting. Well, you know, when you've got people on the shop floor saying, hey, we need to change, we need to adapt, you've got a self-regulating performance culture, you've got something that doesn't matter what the market throws at you, you're going to be okay. Mm. Your financials, your revenue and your profit mm. will be okay because you've got an organisation that's able to change and remain relevant in the marketplace. Mm. Mm. And been looking at some research by a uh, culture expert called Marcus Buckingham, and he says the really, really important piece of values is values at a team level, mm. as well mm, as, okay. a, as an yep. organisation, but yep. at a team sure. level. And obviously, if you're running a reasonably small business, your your values might be business-wide and team-wide, because that's mm. how small your team is. Mm. But as your organisation grows and gets bigger and gets more layers and more managers that are helping to distill that down, yeah. actually, it's the values inside the team mm. that people really uh, feel and or align or, or don't yeah. with very, very quickly. And it's that point of connection. It's tribal. It's that identity. It's you know, who do I belong with? What's my sense of belonging? Is am I with like-minded, like-hearted mm -hmm. people? Mm -hmm. And that's the and that's what values are yeah. about. Yeah, and I think that uh, point you make there, Mike, about being like-minded is the mm. is the logical thought. But we all know the heart piece. Yeah, we yeah. know we we can feel it when we're in a team that yeah. we're aligned with. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. It doesn't it's have emotional. To be, it doesn't have to be words on paper. It's yeah. definitely the uh, yeah heart and emotional piece as well. Mm. Look, heart, hands, and mind. Yeah. So we've talked about career. We've talked about culture and, and values. There's a third um, C. Well, I'm going to come. I'm going to jump to an R. Oh, yeah, yeah. An R, because it, it makes sense. The next one I'm going to talk about is responsibility. And responsibility is being really clear what you feel the expectations for that person's role is going to mm -hmm. be. So mm -hmm. what is it that they are going to be responsible for in your organization? Mm. And I think many of us are poor at understanding that in advance. Yep. We kind of go, we've got an empty seat, we think we kind of need someone, let's bring them in and we'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Hey look, adjusting and adapting is okay but making sure you get a good fit with a person, having good clarity around the responsibility mm. and articulating it to that person so they can uh, get a sense of whether that's something that they want to do mm. and that it plays to their strengths. Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of points about it. I think the, that Gallup book called It's the Manager, mm -hmm. which talked about you know the levels of engagement and manager responsibility. It's, it's survey, global workplace survey, found that 50% of people 
did not know what was expected of them at work, mm-hmm. which is kind of, well, what are they doing? And why don't they know? So that, that's point one, is kind of, wow, that's a fantastic opportunity mm-hmm. to get clear. Mm-hmm. The second thing I like about responsibility is that it's not using the word accountability. I've always felt that when managers talk about accountability, they're saying people being accountable to them. Yes. That they're, you know, that, that you know. It's got a very hierarchical It's kind got of a feel very sort of, hierarchical, yeah. did you do what you what I told you to yeah. do? Whereas, and, and, and nobody kind of um, puts their hand up for more accountability. Oh, please make me more accountable <laughs> for this. I really want to be accountable. But they do put their hands up for responsibility. Yes. People like to take, to be given responsibility. Ambitious people like to take responsibility. And it's just a much more mm. powerful and empowering concept, I think, than accountability. Accountability is something that basically gets done to you. Responsibility is something you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that switch in thinking is really important. Mm. Uh, I think it's um, a conversation, a much better conversation with somebody to say, hey, what are you going to be responsible for? Responsible includes what are you going to have ownership of? Yes. And we know that part of the engagement piece is absolutely about people's sense of ownership, people's sense of connection. So. Think responsibility, not accountability. Mm. And coming back to the very first point we talked about is what what are people looking for? They're looking for growth. Yeah. Growth yeah, yeah. comes with responsibility. Correct. Absolutely. You know, and so that's why they you know, yeah. typically stick their hands yeah. up and go, hey, I'm here to grow. I want to learn. I'm going to need more responsibility to make, yeah. that, make that happen. And, and you can still hold people responsible. I mean, it is it is a language thing, but it's a, it's a concept as well. You can certainly, if people take responsibility, they're responsible for that outcome and you can assess their performance against that responsibility for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which brings us to the uh, the third C being capability. And I think this is where a, a, a good conversation happens with people around, hey, we've got clear what, respons- what you're going to be responsible for. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what capability you mm-hmm. will need to, mm-hmm. to do that. Now, uh, depending on the role, what you're hiring for, our view is that most things are skills that can be learned. Correct. If you growth bring a mindset. growth, if you bring a growth mindset yep. to the to the role, we can figure that out. But we do want to be clear on: Do you have the capability right right yeah. now? Yeah. Because we might need to get you into some training. We might need to get you into some development. We might need to do those kind of things so that you can meet the responsibility. But let's articulate where the capability pieces are. And, and and in the hire, you know, specifically talking about the hire, my philosophy has been: Well, bring in somebody preferably internal, who's got 80% of the role and we can grow their capability, mm-hmm. rather than bringing in somebody who's 120% of the capability yes. because we've got the best they've got to offer. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't need any more and there's no kind of forward path for them. We're probably going to lose them anyway. So mm-hmm. having yeah, that kind of clarity about what are the development opportunities for them and for us and what we do, and, and then people are not kind of having to work it out for themselves and do stuff that's a bit risky. And you go, well, why did you do that? And they probably thought, well, actually, I was trying to work out how to do it. Uh, Instead, we've said, well, you made a mistake. So, you know, having that agreement about a capability path, I think is really important. Mm. And look, there are numerous tools now to help assess Mm. capability, you know, above and beyond a straight discussion about where someone assesses their own own capability. Uh, Lots of psychological insight tools that allow you to do that. And uh, we've 
seen uh, a whole host of them and my view would be used in conjunction with other areas of the interview uh, mm. process, mm. they can be really mm. powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't rely on them solely, because yep. uh, they're not the sole indicator, but as a complement to what's going on. Well, as much as anything, useful. they might f- fly a red flag. They might say, hey, you know, there's a mm-hmm. risk here. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think most of those most of those survey tools, I seem to remember somebody who was so keen on, they were working for one of those organizations and uh, got really keen on it and decided to do a master's thesis on their value. Actually, the research showed mm, <laughs> no relationship between alleged fit in the mm-hmm. psychographic mm-hmm. and actual performance. What it did show, though, was that where there were red flags which mm-hmm. were ignored, yeah, they did fail. Yeah. So as much as anything is for that, good, it's, good, it's kind uh, of weird. It's like the warning light on the dashboard. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Look, our final Olympic ring and the final R is remuneration or the, or the dollars. And uh, for me, this is a, a sensible commercial conversation around what's our expectation of what this role is, is worth, what's your expectation as someone joining our organisation and what you're trying to achieve and what's your now view of the world and what's your likely you know, horizon view yeah. of, of remuneration. Yeah. Um, no, it's not the, the highest motivating factor, but it is something that needs to be discussed in all of these uh, situations. So um, having that is one of the things you make sure you cover off is, is mm. key. I think you've probably just got to remember that, um, particularly in today's market, you know, I think it's, it's quite odd, isn't it, that we're in, a, in an era of AI and the future of work being there's no jobs for anyone, etc. Actually, we've got totally full employment. We've got an incredibly tight labour market. And that just means that there's more demand for labour than there is supply. Mm. And I believe, according mm. to economics, that means the price goes mm. up. So uh, you might think that this job is worth X, but it's probably X plus because there's a lot of competition for labour. It's yep. just a market. You, you know, we benefit on the other side. This is how it is now. Yeah. And the doomsday around, oh my God, AI is going to take over the world and there's going to be no yeah. jobs left. I'm pretty sure we've had about you know, a hundred of those yeah. different events in yeah. history. Yeah. I, think, I mean, you'd remember when the steam engine came the and steam people, engine. people were panicking, weren't they? Well, the, the, it was the horses who were panicking. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah. how's your driverless car going, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's not, it's not yet. Mm, yes, no. But is there regulation mm. or technology? Oh, well, either Debate or. for another day. Another day. Debate for another day. <laughs> Uh, so look, the five Olympic rings of people, uh, I don't prescribe it to be a uh, all-encompassing all yeah. model. It's, it's, it's just it's something good. that I use. Yep. It keeps it top of mind when I'm, I'm discussing roles with people to make sure that I'm covering off what I see as the key, key areas. I think it works well. Mm. And I've also used it not just in a hiring zone, but also in uh, discussion with existing team members. Yeah. Uh, just kind of going, hey, let's check in. Where are you at on this? How are we doing on that? What's your aspiration here? So we can... Uh, Keep, keep aligned yeah and I think direction. you know the, the career discussion um, I think the capability discussion they're both great I think the culture and values one is a really good challenge for us to be thinking about mm. and the responsibility piece with you know having that clarity is just such a wonderful opportunity but you know grappling with the what are, what is the culture here what are our values is is a great a great conversation to have with yourself and with your team yes and high performance organizations have these conversations regularly. Yeah, they do. They talk about this stuff. They talk about this stuff, right? It's not just that, great, we did it in your interview. It was three years ago and we haven't talked about it since. It's about keeping these things top of mind and continuing to talk about them and and evolve as as people, as teams, and as a business, Mm. how we can further grow grow and develop. For sure. Great.
Cool. Hope you use that. As I said, uh, we'll have a link for you for the uh, model that you can download and access. Uh, if you think someone else in the uh, in your circle is using uh, models to talk to people, to think about how they hire the best people for their teams, we'd love you to share this podcast out with them and uh, get us connected. Get us connected. We'd love to have your comments, any views that you've got. Let us know. All right. Thanks for joining us today. See you on the next one. Cheers.